Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed to foster community for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike by navigating topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. Thanks for joining. Hello, hello, Narrowway to Broadway. Welcome to this interview. This is Emma. I am one of your co-hosts. If you are new, thanks for joining. If you are a Narrowway to Broadway veteran, thank you for being here for this interview in season three. Today, we are joined by Hannah Barefoot. Uh, Hannah was born in Cody, Wyoming to an engineer father and teacher mother. Uh, She was rooted in the arts at an early age. She studied theater, dance, and singing and competitive swimming from the time she could walk. Uh, Hannah got a BFA in theater and or she pursued a BFA in theater and dance at the University of Wyoming, but dropped out after her junior year and completely quit acting for several years due to burnout, which I'm sure we all can relate to. Uh, she got married and started a family at a young age, but felt the pullback to acting when her son turned two. Um, she earned her SAG card while living and working in Portland, Oregon, and then moved to LA with her family in 2015. Hannah has been fortunate to work on some of the best and biggest TVs and TV and film, um, including reoccurring and guest star roles in Good Girls Revolt, LA's Finest, NCIS, Lucifer, Criminal Minds, Creepshow, Dirty John, The Librarians, and more. Uh, She's also a writer and is currently in development of her first feature film set in her Wyoming homeland. So uh, please join me in welcoming Hannah. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, of course. I am just so excited to have you. Even just the brief kind of convo we got to have before I started recording has gotten me so stoked. Um, (laughs) So you, I mean, we know each other from... Angela Sprinkle, who was on our last season, and she connected us. So thank you, Angela. Shout out to you. Hopefully you get to to listen to this interview. Um, You're the best. Um, And I love Angela's episode, by the way. It was was beautiful. Oh, yes. Oh, it was so fun. It was so sweet. We've gotten actually a really great response from that episode in particular. Mm. Gotta love talking about love. Oh, yeah. Um, For sure. Okay, so just kind of before we like really dive deep, I would love to hear – I don't know if this is just me selfishly wanting to know, but – I would love to know kind of what prompted your transition from such a uh, like a strong and established musical theater background into your more mm-hmm. TV film background. Okay, so it just kind of happened. So mm. um, when I went to yeah, musical theater was everything. Um, it was yeah. all I. It was what I was raised on. I was I wanted to become an actor because of early. You know, I was pretty much raised on old musicals. So the 1944 yeah. movie CoverGirl with Rita Hayworth. Um, man, it just, it was it for me. That's what I, that's what made me wanted to be an actor. And I also just wanted to be a showgirl, quite frankly, because they're so beautiful in their cool outfits. Um, but yeah, so I went to, I went to college and, um, and they didn't really have a musical theater department. We did one musical a year, but that was my first intro to actual, just straight theater where there was no singing or dancing. And I was like, this is odd. But, um, but I can get, I can do this. And then that, I really fell in love with it. Um, man, the University of Wyoming had a, it has a terrific, like surprisingly phenomenal theater department. Um, and so I felt, I felt really, I got some great training there. Um, but then I, I did burn out, as I said, and I was, I was just exhausted. I was doing play after play after play because I was on scholarship. So I, I never got a break. And um, I was also dealing with a lot of, 
personal issues. I had an eating disorder. Um, I was dealing with kind of a, a early, early adult crisis of faith and identity. Um, and so that's when I, um, I met my husband in the middle of that. And that felt like a escape route from all the pain, honestly. And so got married, quit acting, moved to Portland where my husband got a job. And then, um, when I did start acting again, the opportunities that were available were film and TV or commercial. And, um, Portland actually has a pretty decent theater scene, but I didn't get involved in it until later. Um, and, and then only a little bit, I dearly love theater and I would love to get back into it. I still sing. I'm a, um, my husband and I actually have a band, um, called the luminous gray, but it's more like folk music. Wow. Yeah. I actually didn't include that in my bio, but it's, um, yeah, we've, we've, we've done a lot of music for including a couple movies that I've been in, which has been cool. Um, and then my husband's a, a worship pastor. And so I, I, lead worship with him. So that's kind of the extent of the music we do these days, but I really would love to get back into musical theater because that really was my first love. That's so cool. I love it. Um, okay. That's actually so cool to know. Um, hopefully when theater comes back, we'll be able to all do theater again and really return yes. to it in a, in a, in a whole new oh, way. Man. Oh, man. Um, okay. So one thing I was excited to ask you about yeah. that you mentioned when we briefly corresponded before the or before the interview was, uh, you said that you have a life motto, um, which I think is so cool. I think we should all have one. Um, but your mm-hmm. life motto is I'm a storyteller mm-hmm. serving the greatest storyteller of all time. Gosh. And I would love to just hear kind of mm-hmm. how you came to this motto, maybe when you came to it and how employing mm-hmm. this motto as something that you like, that is your foundation. How does that influence how the way you work? Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh man, that is that is that motto came to me fairly cool. recently after years of fighting that so it's that's going to yeah. be a topic <laughs> to talk about um it might have some yeah. take some time here um i so i was raised in a very conservative home very um raised Christian. I I appreciate the Christian background, the background of faith that my parents gave me. Um, And I think just growing up, you know, in the church and in a a fairly conservative area, um, well, first of all, we didn't have any access to real actors. Um, You know, we had access to the only, the only exposure to actors I had aside from watching TV was, um, you know, tabloids or magazines. So every, every impression that I had of actors was that, um, A, I wanted to be one, but B, they probably weren't good people. Um, this is, I, I'm just going to be really real here. Um, all right. Yeah. So I was, I was raised in a fairly, um, conservative home and conservative state, Um, and while I really, I'm so grateful that I was raised in the church, um, it kind of painted a interesting view of, um, the entertainment industry because a, in Wyoming, a small town in Wyoming, we just don't have, we don't have access to, um, 
to know actors as, as human beings, you know, um, most of the actors that I had contact with were, you know, community theater actors who also had other jobs, who had real jobs. And then the actors that I was exposed to, aside from knowing that I wanted to be one, this was all in, you know, tabloids or magazines or something. So from my perspective and from the perspective of my parents or really just a lot of people, you know, actors get married and then they get divorced. They mm. have affairs. They're not very good people. Right, <laughs> right. And this is a, that's a terrible thing to say, but that was, that's the kind of the perspective. Um, and, and yet I knew I wanted to be one. I loved acting. Um, yeah. But it was, it was, I, I, I really had to fight hard to become an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were very practical, even though they were both incredibly artistic. My dad could have been on Broadway, wow. but he chose to, um, he chose to become an engineer because it was something that could support his family. But he was an incredibly t- talented singer and actor wow. himself actually in, uh, growing up. And yeah. And so he, you know, telling them that I wanted to become an actor was really, just an impractical thing. And also, yeah, but do you know what actors are like, that's going to be a hard life. And, you know, that's probably no life for a, for a a person, let alone like a married person, let alone a Christian. Right. And so I don't say this to judge my family or anything, but it's just, you know, when you don't know, you don't know. And, um, and so I went away to college. I finally convinced them that I was, that I was going to do it. And I went away to college and studied theater and, um, man, it was sort of like my first exposure to, to theater that wasn't not, that wasn't a musical theater that wasn't put on by people who were, you know, like good church people. Um, it was all of a sudden, like I was exposed to real life. Yeah. And, um, I often think about it as like a Disney character being thrown into an HBO show. Ah. Um, and yeah. I wasn't prepared for it. I just wasn't prepared for it. So I was very naive. I was incredibly naive. I'm friends with some of the people that I was in college with. And I look back, we talk about it. And they're like, yeah, you were really, you were incredibly sheltered. I was sheltered. I was so sheltered. Yeah. Um, But I'm so grateful for that exposure because it just started to teach me, oh, Hannah, there's such a bigger world out there. And you, you're not going to thrive living in your sheltered bubble. Yeah. Um, so I, that, that was a, a, a challenging season um, in just that I, I needed to grow a tremendous amount of mature, immaturity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look back on that time and I, I just recognize how young I was. Yeah. Also, I was not... Um, my, I had, you know, accepted Christ as a child. I don't even know when, but it was like fourth grade or something. And, but I didn't have a genuine, a real genuine faith. So I had a kind of an immature faith and a very immature, um, I was just immature, um, in this setting. And I felt, and I also, you know, being in rehearsals all the time, I could never go to church because the church that I went to was in, in the evening. So I just really started to find myself being really fractured as a person and pulled in a lot of directions that, 
um, I couldn't make sense of. I didn't have like a, I didn't have God yet as a real grounding source. Um, and like I said, I, I developed an eating disorder. I, um, I just remember kind of feeling like I was losing it, like losing my mind, losing my identity. Uh, when I was a sophomore in, in college and then that right about that is when I met my husband. Um, and I just needed an escape route. So I left, I left acting and I left school. We moved to, to Portland. Um, six years later, when I finally came back to it, man, this is such a long story to get to, to get to where I'm a storyteller serving the greatest storyteller of all time. No, I love it. Um, where that becomes my model. I, when I came back to acting, um, six years later, I, all of a sudden I was just, I was back with such a vengeance, Yeah. but I was back doing it in my own strength. Cause I really connected my husband with, um, that former mm, sure. brokenness. And so, um, so I was kind of angry at him for, for letting me quit and for marrying me so young, even uh, though it wasn't his fault. And we've, yeah. we've, man, we've been through so much counseling. We've been, we've talked through so much of this. So it's fine for me to share all this, but, um, and I hope that I can, I hope that my story can be somewhat helpful, but, um, because yeah. really I, I ran away from something without dealing with the hurt of it. So it became, yeah. you know, I couldn't watch a movie. I couldn't go to a play without it just like aching my aching inside of me. Um, so I came, I finally went back to acting. I finally said, you know what, I'm going to do this again. And, um, this was in Portland at the time I joined an acting class and, um, it caused a lot of, because it had been such a hard thing for me, it caused a lot of, um, you know, my husband had a lot of questions about that, if it would be a good thing for me again. And, and it just, honestly, me jumping back into it caused a lot of friction in our marriage. Um, not the least bit because an actor's life is not an easy life. And I have, we have a two-year-old child at the time. Um, I'm all of a sudden pivoting from working at a bank where I had a normal job, a steady paycheck to I'm an actor. And so there was all sorts of, there was just a lot of conflict and I was definitely, I was definitely pursuing it in my own strength. Mm. Um, and I was kind of using it against my husband at the time, even so, man, acting became a, it became a bitter pill for both of us to swallow, even though I was loving it so much. Yeah. Um, it was, it really came between us. And um, I look back at the years between when I started acting again and now, and there was a, maybe there's just a several year stretch where I it was almost just like I was giving the F you to my husband, yeah. you know, and to, and to yeah. God. Um, because I was going to like, I'm doing this, whether you, whether you approve right. or not. And quite frankly, because of my very conservative upbringing, um, I knew that I wanted to be an actor more than anything. I knew that I loved it, mm-hmm. but I actually didn't think that God loved it. Yeah. I didn't think that God supported it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe God supported musicals or clean things, but certainly he didn't support like most of it. Right. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm doing this without God too. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
And that was an incredibly dark Mm -hmm. season in my life. Um, My husband and I almost split several times. Mm -hmm. Um, But I look back at that time in my life and I can see the hand of God all over it. I can see God's finger. I can see God allowing me to go through just devastations that I truly caused myself Mm -hmm. um, because he was allowing me to hit rock bottom to where I almost didn't have a family anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to even get into the gory details of it all, but, but it was not, it was not a pretty time in my life. Um, And I remember especially there was, there was a, an acting class that I went through that now is, um, has been basically run out of town because there was a max exodus of us actors who left it. It was, I think, quite frankly, if it felt demonic, it was such a guru, um, type acting class, but just honestly evil. It felt really evil. And, um, that was rock bottom for me. Um, and I think I remember being in church after that class one, one Sunday and just, I was walking up the stairs. I was late. I was only wearing black at the time because I was just so dark. Mm. Um, but I was walking up the stairs and they were worshiping and I felt something. It was like I walked into a wall of the Holy Spirit and I felt God say those were lies. And I, that what the, what that class had taught me. And I all of a sudden started laughing and I haven't, I hadn't laughed for, for years, like genuine laugh. And I, I still get these laughs there. I call them my Holy Spirit joy laughs because (laughs) they just like bubble. And I sound like a crazy person and I don't care because they are, evidence to me that that God is real and that God works. So so if I if I doubt, I just like I look at the the joy that I have now that I didn't have before. Yeah. And that is the evidence for me that God is that God exists and 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 loves us. Mm-hmm. Um and so man, throughout that whole thing God put some incredible people in my path. Um actors who were also Jesus followers and um through them through just other followers of Jesus who loved me and loved me really well um because people who follow Jesus are so loving and they're non-judgmental you know Mm -hmm. like they will they will show you what's true but they it's it's all love yeah um I went through a lot of healing. I went through a 12-step program, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went through a lot of internal healing. And I, and I realized that God is a storyteller. Yeah. God created me. He created me to tell stories. He created, him, he created the whole earth yeah. as his story. Yeah. And so just like if, if anybody's a fan of the Chronicles of Narnia, um, I just love... I'm actually rereading The Magician's Nephew right now, and I love the chapters where C.S. Lewis talks about Aslan calling, creating Narnia with a song. Mm. He just starts singing, and yeah. like he sings different notes and different aspects of the world pop into being. And I just love that. And so I was actually sitting in a, a casting director workshop 
maybe a year or two ago and I looked over, I just, the person next to me, his phone screen pop just popped lit up and I couldn't help it notice yeah. that it said I'm a storyteller serving the greatest storyteller of all time and it hit me I was like that's it wow that's it that's what I am that's my that's my purpose yeah. um oh, I have chills that's my purpose wow that's so <laughs> me too it is I know it really is and I think that there I mean gosh and we could do a whole episode or 10 about like the mixed messages mm. we receive depending on where you grow up and depending on and it's interesting mm-hmm. that we, we prayed over mm-hmm. this episode before it happened for those listening. And and I think God is reminding me too that the call of an artist is a noble one. Like I feel like that's something he's put on my heart because sometimes I yeah. fear, and especially in the last year of like there not even being the arts in the way that we're used to, like feeling right. like it's kind of a waste. And yeah. I remember having some some people in high school, like when I was getting ready to go to school for musical theater, being like, are you really sure you want to do that? Like it's such – it's such a dark world and just being like, like, even if that is so Mm. like, isn't that more reason to be there? Um, Mm. That's, I mean, that's Mm -hmm, beautiful. mm -hmm. And and, like, isn't the first thing, okay. Am I crazy? Isn't Genesis one, one literally in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Like that, Mm -hmm, that's the first thing mm -hmm, we learn about mm -hmm. God. Um, Yes. We have a task. Like we have responsibility as artists and as actors. And I think I like what you said about, um, like, I think it kind of goes on with this conversation of identity, which which I'm excited to dive into with you, um, uh, just about, like, actors and Christians and how there's this weird, like, thing that the enemy has done by separating people's their vocation or, like, their, their possibility for who they could be based on things that are kind of irrelevant. Um, and I saw this interview and read this. Uh, thing recently that was published on Desiring God. It was Paul Tripp, who I love, doing an interview. And he he's talking about identity. And he's kind of referring to specifically his identity in ministry and how that can kind of be hard because that still isn't your identity. And this is his quote. I'm going to read it to you and I want to hear what you think. Um, it's kind of long, but bear with me. Um, He says, I like the metaphor in scripture of the word of God being this perfect mirror that I look into and see myself as I actually am. What we tend to look into is carnival mirrors. They show me me, but they show me me with distortion, like the carnival mirror at the fair. I see myself, but there is distortion. I'm not something because I am in ministry. And then he goes, can I say this more powerfully? I am something because I am in Christ, bottom line. And when I need to be something. I have forsaken the gospel in the way that I am living. How can I forsake the gospel while being a minister of the gospel? And I was like, dang. And so obviously he's talking about his identity identity in ministry. And I think that sometimes I do that. Like when I, when I see theater or when I see the arts as my ministry, but then I let that become my identity. Um, and we're, you know, like we are ministers of the gospel. And like you said, we're storytellers. So I kind of would love to hear well, first, what you kind of think of that quote, and then just how you've seen, you know, the temptation of making acting your identity, and how how kind of been able to to flip that maybe posture or identity, or not identity posture or ideology. Oh wow! Well, yeah, I love Paul David Tripp. I um, I did one of his books actually. How people change was really instrumental in um, just helping me come to an honest place with myself. Um, 
So I highly recommend that. Yeah, but I appreciate that quote. And that makes a lot of sense. I think um, it's it reminds me of like when we come into the throne room of God, when, when we worship, how that, it, it's almost like our, I've heard it, the quote, I heard it said that it's like when we, we come into worship with our shoulder out of socket and then God puts it back in place, you know, like we come in lame and then God, God heals us, you know, um, or it's like, I, I come in with my mind out of socket and then God heals me. Cause it's really, I'm only, I'm only really seeing the world clearly and thinking clearly when I'm, when I'm at home and at peace with God. Um, otherwise I'm seeing the world based off of the last Instagram post I saw or the last, you know, conversation I had that didn't go well or the last job I didn't book or the last job I did book, you know? Um, so yeah, I think like finding our identity in God is the only way to actually have a happy, fulfilled life. That's the only way to have the life that is truly life. Yeah. And I think we feel, well, I actually don't want to say we, I feel like I can only speak for myself here, but I think in a, in a way, accepting that like our identity is in Christ, like I think that like I have what I feel like are tiers of identity, but I think that at the end of the day when I can be like, I'm a daughter, I'm, or like I'm, I'm a sister, I'm a friend, I'm an actor, I'm a Christian actor. It's like these are all identities, but like to really settle into and believe that the only identity that matters in my entire life is that I'm a daughter of Christ, that's kind of scary because I can't control anything about that other than like pursuing the the life that God has for me and and pursuing the life that God has for me, I often like to associate it with like the next steps in my life here on earth and not just the fact that God is like, hey, know me and enjoy me and talk about me. And that's it. And I think that that's what's so like hard about it sometimes is that the only identity that matters is one that we just receive. And I think that's scary for mm. us. It's so yeah. scary. It's so scary. And it requires a lot of um, surrender. But I also, and it requires actually believing that it's true because that identity is actually really incredible. I, I mean, if we, if we know that we're a daughter of God, the father, that means we're the daughter of the King. And, you know, we, and, and therefore, even though our lives may not be going the way that we want them to be, we don't have the jobs that we want or the, or the, I don't know, the family situations that we want or the paychecks we want or whatever, um, we still live in a kingdom. We live in abundance. And that I was something, this is something I've been reminding myself of lately because this season has been so hard. Um, but that I, I'm a daughter of a king and therefore I don't have to settle for scraps. I don't have to settle for the, the crumbs that people rush off the table. Um, if it's not for me, then I don't need to, I don't need to take it. Um, and yeah, God, God, God's world is a world of abundance and, um, and that that's just by the sheer nature of what, who my, what my identity is. Um, therefore I always live in abundance yeah, and abundant. And I think this is another thing that we kind of talked about, not even talked about, but something that you sent me that you're learning is like, 
um, mm-hmm. is just the, about this idea of like building a kingdom for yourself. And it, I mean, mm-hmm. when I was thinking about this, I was like, this is all we do. Like my whole, all mm-hmm. of my training has been like building your resume, building your book, building your network. And mm-hmm. it reminds me, Building your brand, brand, (laughs) building your Instagram following. Mm -hmm. It's like crazy because Mm -hmm. it reminds me of Hebrews 12, 29. um, It says, Mm. therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus let us offer Mm -hmm. to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe Mm. for our God is a consuming Mm. fire. And I was like, dang, like I build. And it also reminds me of like Matthew 7 when it says like, um, if you listen mm-hmm. to these words and and do my will, you'll be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And I think that huh. I spend so much time building my little empire of mm-hmm. musical theater and 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 even like things that aren't even bad. It's like I really believe that God has me in this career and has me in this ministry, you know. But those right. are still shaky kingdoms, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, that the verse earlier, I think it's in Matthew six where he's, where Jesus is saying, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. I think so often I grew up thinking about that verse as like that verse or any other verse talking about, you know, asking God for things or God will give you the desires of your heart, you know? Um, I always put my focus on that part versus the delight yourself in the Lord part first. Um, I didn't truly didn't know what it meant to delight myself in the Lord. And so, um, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that really meant nothing to me. All I could, I couldn't understand just like, okay, well, I'm going to church. Why aren't I getting all these other things? You know, like, um, and um, oh, I was saying that for a reason. What were you literally just talking about? I'm sorry, uh, I forgot. Oh, I said that for a reason. Us. I don't know. I think it was like oh, the kingdom our- of us. Oh yeah. So yeah, yes, building our own kingdom. We we think that by building our own kingdoms, we're gonna be safe. We're gonna be successful. Like we're like yeah. we're building something that's actually gonna last. Um, mm-hmm. but it's so much more important to take a view, a long view of eternity that, um, that, that just doesn't, that goes on after we die. Cause I, a good friend of mine, um, he is a singer, but he's also a manager at Starbucks because that's what he needs to do right now to support his family. And, um, he said once that, I may never get to sing on this earth, but I know I'll be singing in heaven with, and that struck me as like, you know what? He is doing what he needs to do right now, but he has the long view. And, um, and really the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, people coming to know Jesus, um, justice being done, Mm -hmm. me loving my family. Well, that is ultimately way more important than me booking a TV show. Um, it doesn't always feel like it because I tangibly want the TV show. Um, and you know, those spiritual blessings feel intangible sometimes, but they are ultimately the things that have lasting worth and that will, um, change that will, they have the potential to change the world. Right. And I, 
I think too, there's like something that I'm learning like the hard way right now is sometimes I get in like mm. these little like hissy fits and I'll be like, God, like you called me into this career. This is, this is my ministry. So why am I not booking anything mm-hmm. as though like buying into mm. that God can't work through my life and in my life, if I'm not doing this career, like that, you mm-hmm. know, if God, that any project that I book is because God wants to use me on that project and any project I book mm-hmm. is because he doesn't want to use me on that project. That it's not, Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes I, again, me building my little Emma Corner kingdom over here, like mm-hmm. I think I believe that yeah. there's hard and fast rules of like how God can use me based on my gifts and talents when really I could never book another job again in my entire life and he could use me if I'm in a posture of being like, okay, send me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, absolutely. Absolutely. It's hard, but – I kind of wanted to know, I mean, what is it? And I don't even know the answer. This isn't even me asking. It's like, let me prompt something. It's like, I just don't know hmm. of hmm. like, how do we participate and usher in the kingdom of God on this earth while being mm-hmm. in a career that is so much about us and so mm-hmm. much about like branding ourselves and um, doing yeah. this work. And I don't want to like poo poo on that. I think that like, it is my temptation to just be like, it's so selfish, but it's, it's not. And I believe that is a noble calling, like we said earlier, but it's like, hmm. what's, how do we, or how have you experienced, um, allowing yourself hmm. to be like a vessel in this industry? Hmm. That's such a good question. I think that I am definitely still, I'm definitely learning that as I go. Um, I think some of it, I, I think I've, I I want to reframe my Instagram approach a little bit, my social media. It used to always be about, it used to be all about me and, um, and quite frankly, it's still all about me, <laughs> but I, I, I want to, I want to pursue Instagram in a way that's more kingdom minded and less Hannah minded. Um, and I'll be the first to say I have not arrived there yet. Um, I think I probably come across, if I'm being truthful, I probably come across on Instagram more shallow than I am. Um, Mm -hmm. because that's old habits die hard, you know, like I gotta, I gotta promote this kind of thing. I gotta do this, you know, selfie. Um, even though I don't really believe that. So, um, so that's, that's one thing that I'm, actually actively thinking about right now now that I've said it online I'm gonna be held accountable to that which is great um (laughs) I was just listening to a really fantastic screenwriting workshop um with Bethel Conservatory of the Arts um for anybody who's who kind of follows or you know the Bethel Church in Reading um they have a accredited program apparently which is very cool yeah, I was listening to a free screenwriting workshop with um with their uh one of their leaders David and um and he honestly man it was so the things that he was saying was just really uh heart gladdening for me um yeah. And I wrote them down. I'm just going to read them off. I'm giving him credit. I want to say his name is David Neronio, um, but I didn't write it down. So, But what he said is, a well-told story is itself a sign and a wonder. 
and kingdom storytelling versus Christian storytelling, because Christian storytelling, you know, um, that has its own thing. But kingdom storytelling tells stories about the king and his kingdom. Mm. Um, and in this, he's freed us to tell stories that cover the landscape of human experience. So God really, I mean, well, what, when you think about it, what permeates every home other than Netflix, you know, what, what gets into the minds and the hearts of everybody other than a great TV Mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter who it is. Um, and so I, I deeply want to be that because God if God, if it's true that God loves the arts, which now I truly believe he does, and that God is the greatest storyteller of all time, and that he's called some of us to be storytellers alongside of him, um, then, then those, I mean, what a, what a privilege and what an honor to, to tell stories that call people into thinking, well, is there something else? Is there something else? Is there more? Um, am I loved? Is there, is there a good God, a good father, you know, and, um, without it even being so blatantly overt as, you know, I, I, I'm actually not that enthused about like overtly Christian movies. Um, but I, I mean, man, I just, I just watched the movie Greyhound with Tom Hanks, which he wrote by the way, which is incredible. And it was such a phenomenal story. And, it really pointed my heart toward God, but it was not a Christian movie, but I would call it a kingdom movie. So, and I don't know what Tom Hanks's personal faith is either, but it, the story itself and the storytelling, the excellence of it, um, was, that's the kind of work that I want to do. And that's why I, I just really believe that that honors God. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually been a theme on the podcast that we've talked a lot about is like Christian art. I like how it's distinguished Christian art. Mm kingdom art and what it looks like to be a believer in this industry and sort of like what we are, what we are called to in, in terms of like orienting our, our hearts and our art towards Christ. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's just like an ongoing conversation that's been so cool to have with so many people. Mm. Um, Yeah. I really like that. And, And I'm excited to see, you know, I know that you're obviously like an actress and you're doing that, but I know that you're working on a lot of writing and stuff too. So I'm excited to see how that mm-hmm manifest in your life. That's so cool. Um, okay, cool. This has been so awesome. So I know that you are, um, passionate about kind of like, obviously talking about the the collision between faith and art, but I think I, I remember you mentioned that you're excited to kind of just give advice or like impart some wisdom onto young actors. And so I would love to kind of close this out. I have three questions and they're, I mean, they're, they can be short or long either way. We've got time. Um, so I would love to know, one, something you learned the hard way, two, something you learned through community slash mentorship slash advice mm. from like another person that God put in your life, and three, mm. something that you're learning right now, that you're like in the process of learning right now. Okay. Okay. Will you remind me each question as we go? Yes, girl. <laughs> Always. So one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, so one is something you learned the hard way. Oh boy. <laughs> um I learned that shortcuts do not get you where you want to go. Mm. Um Oof. I was just tired of waiting. Um yeah. 
just really tired of waiting. I felt like God was either not going to show up in the way that I wanted him to, as in, and I'm talking about giving me a, the career that I wanted. Um, cause I, I've had good years. I've had slow years, you know, everybody does, but, um, but it was a slow year and I just decided, you know what, I'm done. And I decided to, um, just try and skip the line as far as, um, my integrity goes. And I did not allow, I did not wait, um, yeah. on God's timing. I didn't trust him. I didn't, I didn't do my due diligence as far as like, you know, what, what honoring my, my husband looked like. Um, I was just like, screw this. And yeah. what I've learned through that is that a, a, a shortcut looks tempting, but ultimately it's a long cut because yeah, it's not, it will not get you to where you're going. You think it will, but it won't. And in the end, God has to yeah. take you around the long way to undo the damage that happened. And you will carry that collateral damage with you. So um, even though God is the God of redemption and beauty and forgiveness and grace, and God truly does um, transform ashes into beauty, um, mm -hmm. there's still, you know, when we sin, there's still consequences. And, mm. and unfortunately, you have to carry those. Um, yeah, yeah. God redeems them. But they're, you know, sometimes consequences just are lasting. And um, so I just, I have learned, even though this career is so tempting to, you know, just do it yourself and that in most, a lot of people do, you know, a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, and it will seem like you are being passed by. It will seem like you are being ridiculous in your values. Mm -hmm. It will seem like you're being way too conservative or, or whatever, um, but ultimately waiting on God is, it is the quickest point between A to B, even yeah. though it's the long route. Um, that's good. and besides like the dam, the damage you do to your relationship with God, when you take a shortcut, um, requires humility and repentance to undo. Yeah. But Praise God that he pursues us no matter what we have done. Yeah. Praise God. Amen to that. Um, yes. Okay. Amen. Two, something you learned hmm. through community slash mentorship slash advice. So just something that God taught you through people. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's so important to have transparent relationships with people that you can um, – really know them and really let them know you, like know all your deepest junk. Yeah. So I'm so grateful that I have, I have people both in the acting community and um, outside of the acting community that just know me. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't always, it was really through coming out of that really incredibly dark season. Um, the people that God put in my path that just loved me so well. Um, through everything. And so I, I really, I praise God that he, he, he's created people to know and love one another. Um, and that, you know, people, people with the love of Jesus can really 
um, they can really handle a lot. So they can handle your, your junk and they can handle it with grace and strength and, and man, what a, what an incredible thing it is to, to truly be known by somebody. Um, so I would, I would just recommend more than anything, asking God to provide people that you can know and be known by so that you can, um, just exist as, as yourself and not, not always have to be wearing a mask. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we all, it's crazy too, cause this is just a brief side note, but like we are called to bear one another's burdens. And I think that one way that the enemy can really, mm-hmm. uh, like get in the way of that is by convincing us that like we, that like, it's almost weird that like our burdens are a burden to hold. It's like, we, I think we like right. ourselves. Um, yeah. people want to, like, I've, I, some of the ways that I felt more like that I have felt most cared for as a friend is when people allow me to bear their burdens with them. Mm, trust yeah. me with this. Um, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Just, just tagging yeah. on to the back of that. Um, okay. Lastly, um, I would love to know something that you're in the process of learning right now. This has been a really hard season. Um, and I'm sure it has been for everybody. I mean, what COVID did to our work is so yeah. hard. Um, and I can't even imagine for theater actors um, because theaters are still closed. That is heartbreaking. Um, I'm so yeah. grateful that, you know, film and TV and commercials are, are coming back. But um, yeah. but I do feel for theater actors, especially right now. Yeah. Um, this season's been really formative in a, in a way that it's calling me to just trust God in a deeper way. Um, and it's continuing to reveal the idolatry that my career has been. And, you know, I thought that I dealt with it to a point, but I realize I haven't, um, completely. Like there are areas where my career is still the thing that gives me the most anxiety. And I actually have a tattoo that says honest barometer. Um, and that came from a, um, came from a quote that I misquoted in my tattoo, but that's fine. Um, (laughs) so the quote itself, I believe it's Charles Spurgeon and I heard it in church during that really dark season. And it was, my anxiety is a measurement of my idolatry. So what that means is when I'm really anxious about something, it means I have misplaced importance on that thing that I'm probably worshiping that thing with my anxiety. And, um, and so essentially then they, they requoted it to say like, so it's really like, it's a, our, if we have anxiety, it, that's a barometer of where our idolatry is. So that meant so much to me. I had that tattooed on my, on me. Um, and that was a few years ago, but what this season has done is it's just the stripping away of that, of even what I had um, and leaving me feeling completely out of control. And and I I have been fortunate to have booked a a few jobs over COVID. Um, And then there have been jobs that I've turned down. Um, One of them because it ended up, it was a really incredible job, would have probably been my biggest job that I've had. Um, 
But in the end, it was going to require something that was really compromising of me. And yeah. I didn't know that when they offered it to me. And so I turned it down and, um, and I thought, yeah, I thought, okay, I know that God is going to bless me for my faithfulness. Yeah. Um, and I still haven't, yeah. I haven't received another job, you know? So there's, there's part of me that's like, Oh, but God, weren't you gonna, weren't you gonna bless yeah. me for being so good? <laughs> and, um, and that just is revealing my pride and my entitlement. And, um, right. and it's, it's a painful, it's a painful process. Um, but I know that yeah. God loves me so much that he is refining yeah. me through this. And I, and I also a hundred percent believe that he does bless us when we when we choose him. Right. But like yeah. my friend who yeah. works at Starbucks, it may not be until, you know, eternity. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a really, yeah. and like you said, with the yeah. like if you would have said to that, there would have been a lot of like deconstructing and, and undoing that you would have to do in your conscience and in your spirit to like be, be cool about that. So that's really, that's really beautiful. Yeah. Sorry, I think I interrupted you. You're oh no, that's okay. That's okay. No, but you're right. That would have been that would have been a shortcut, and um, I didn't have peace yeah. about saying yes to it, even though I wanted it. Yeah. Um, but so mm-hmm. it's just you know now it's just a continuing wait, waiting on the Lord. And um, I was mm-hmm. talking to my sister this morning, and honestly, I was just crying on the phone with her because I, um, you know, when you want something so badly. And it doesn't happen, which I'm sure we're all artists. We're very emotional. Um, and we wouldn't be in this business if we weren't, if we didn't want it. It's too hard of a business to just do it as a, a hobby, right? So we are, we're committed artists. Um, and yet it's not a career we can control. Yeah. And so to know that God has to be the right. one to do it, um, that, that gives me great comfort and also gives me great pain to know that, yeah, but he might not. And, um, and to choose him anyways, because to choose him and not get what I want on this earth is better than to get what I want on this earth and not have God. Boom. Whoa. Full body chills. (laughs) I'll just stop talking. No, it's the truth. It's so good. Yeah. And it's like, I want, gosh. And then I have to step back sometimes and be like, wow, God, like I want to want you as much as I want to book this freaking cheese it commercial. Mm. Like. I, I mm-hmm. want to desire you in this way. And I think that sometimes we have to mm. like posture ourselves, gosh, for that, because I find myself just, mm-hmm. I get so consumed by it. And mm. so I, I yeah. get that. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good, Hannah. I'm so glad that you were able to share this with all of us. I think that probably like everything you said will be able to resonate with our listeners. That's actually, it's actually funny that you said this. We I posted today um, about on our Instagram page and just said like, what kind of content do you want to see for season three? And one of the replies was, I want to kind of hear from someone who ha- hasn't, who like, not who like would discuss compromising your values for a project. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. You talked about that. So I'm hoping that um, oh, the listener man. who posted can like feel inspired by that. Yeah, I can talk more so, about when I have compromised too, but maybe that'd be for another po- another podcast. Yeah, I mean, 
And I think that we all have fallen short. And I think that sometimes we learn like what what's like not it. When, when we actually have done it, we're like, oh, that was not, that wasn't good. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that it's probably just really even encouraging for our listeners to be like, to just hear and feel motivated to like set boundaries and create margin for themselves in terms of like, know, know what God's best for you is and know that like, he's going to be able to use you regardless. Like he's not going to be like, okay, well, you have to take this project where you have to do this thing that's going to make you, your spirit, like feel repentance for like years and years. It's like, that's not the project he wants to use you in. No, definitely not. Yeah. Just because it, it seemed a good friend of mine, um, I was processing that whole job offer with her and she's like, sometimes, sometimes the world will present you low hanging fruit, but that's not, whoa, that's not what God wants for you. That's not God's best. And so that's, wow. that really struck me as like, just because it's offered doesn't mean it's good. Oh, right. That hit me hard. I know. Ah, that's really good. Cause we're kind of trained oh, to so think good. like, well, whatever's, whatever's offered you should take. But, um, but yes. again, like what I was thinking, what I've been thinking about lately is like, no, I'm a daughter of a King. I don't need, I don't take scraps. I don't take, no. I don't take what they dust off the table to me. If God wants me to have something, it will be his best. And I'm not even talking like, you know, it might not be best as far as what the world thinks is best, but I, but I will know because my, my soul will be at peace. Wow. That's so good. That's so good. Uh, well, I feel like we covered so much fun content mm-hmm. today with mm-hmm. identity advice. So I, I just so appreciate you coming on and sharing your heart and just bringing like so much vulnerability to this conversation. We, I think that's all we want. We, our mission statement has like the tail end of it is um, discussing topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes mm. of artists everywhere. And I think yeah. It's easy to just sit around and be like, let's talk about Christian art. And then yeah. it just like becomes <laughs> this kind of like sick, like, conversation that is the same thing over and over. So I just really appreciate you bringing your heart to this conversation. Um, Oh, thank you you so much. Okay. Last, lastly, how can our listener like keep up with you, keep up with your like, maybe like your projects that you're working on and this feature film you're working on? How can, how can that um, happen? Yeah. Well, so you can find me on Instagram at Hannah Barefoot. Um, I am not really on fa- – I have Facebook and Twitter, but I don't check it, so so don't worry about that. Um, and then, yeah, I would love for your listeners, if they would be so kind to pray for me to, um, to as I write this film, to, for it to find the right home. Um, because yeah. I have found that I love writing, um, but it and, – and, you know, like we're all taught – to make your own content, make your own content. But I found like, okay, now I've written this right. film because it's, it's almost, it's, a, it's essentially done. Um, and it's going to be hard to get made. It takes many dollars. So um, <laughs> I would just yeah. love for your <laughs> listeners, if they would love to partner with me, just praying for the right home, um, the right people to make it with. Yeah. And um, yeah. I don't yet have a place for them to keep up with it because I don't have a website um for it or any kind of thing like that but just um you know you can keep up with me on instagram and i i do get fairly personal on that in addition to being very shallow love it oh (laughs) just kidding (laughs) it's okay this episode will be premiering um probably like around a month or so from now so hopefully 
we will see some new content on your Instagram that is kingdom kingdom minded, content. Girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kingdom content. That's Hashtag right. Kingdom content. Hashtag kingdom content. I love it. Okay. Well, you rock. So grateful for you. Thank um, you. This was such a great conversation and hope we will be talking to you soon. Thank you so much, Emma. I really appreciate you and God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe. We release new episodes the first and third Monday of the month. For more information on what we're up to, follow us on Instagram at InwayBWay.